Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill. I'm the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. It's great to have you here with me for a Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. This is edition number 39 of season 8 as we continue looking at the Westminster Confession of Faith. Today we come to paragraph 3 of chapter 7 of God's Covenant with Man. Let's pray first and then we'll look at this paragraph together. Father, as we come again to your word, we come in humble reliance upon your spirit to teach us all of these things. We thank you that you are a God who has covenanted with us, that you have condescended to our lowly estate. You have made great promises in the Lord Jesus Christ to your people. We pray that we would be encouraged and strengthened by these things and that you would help us. Father, we pray that you'd forgive us for our sins and the ways in which we fall short of your glory. May you help us to walk in your ways. And grant us your spirit now, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, we have been considering the matters related to the covenant, that is to say, the way in which God has condescended, has demonstrated his condescension to our lowly estate, to our place in this world as fallen sinners. Indeed, he began in revealing himself to our first parents in the covenant of works. We noted that from paragraph number two, the first covenant made with man was a covenant of works wherein life was promised to Adam and, to his, and in him to his posterity upon condition of perfect and personal obedience. And of course, we know from Genesis chapter three that this covenant was violated. It was broken by our first parents. They rebelled and sinned against God. They violated the command that they were given to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But in Genesis 3.15, God graciously, once again, condescends to the lowly estate of sinners, now as sinners, of course, and in that proto-evangelion, that first gospel, God promises to the seed of the woman that the head of the serpent would indeed be crushed, that there, all that sin is now done would be greatly reversed by the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know this as the covenant of grace. It is the umbrella covenant that now covers the entirety of the Bible going forward from Genesis 3.15, working its way out in the Noahic covenant, in the, Ab in the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, the, um, the Davidic covenant, and then the new covenant. Each one of these further express or unpack and unfold God's work of redemption throughout history as he begins, as he continues to reveal more of himself and his labors and work in Christ to redeem and save a people. And so we read of that in paragraph 3, man by his fall, having made himself incapable of life by that covenant. Okay, so they have violated the covenant of works. They have forfeited the way to the tree of life. And that is represented by the um, the ejection of Adam and Eve from the first temple of God, the very garden itself. It is demonstrated in the erecting of the cherubim to guard the way to the tree of life. They have made themselves incapable of life by that covenant. The Lord was pleased to make a second, commonly called the covenant of grace, wherein he freely offereth unto sinners life and salvation by Jesus Christ, requiring of them faith in him that they may be saved, and promising to give unto all those that are ordained unto eternal life his Holy Spirit to make them willing and able to believe. Now, a couple things we need to note right up front is that the covenant of grace was not made with you and me, particularly and specifically. It was indeed made with the second Adam, 
That is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And he then, by virtue of his work in, in keeping the mandates of the covenant of works, then secures redemption for us as we, by faith, placed our trust in him. And so it's very important that we, rec- we realize that immediately. The other thing we need to note is that these categories can sometimes be a little bit confusing. So the covenant of works makes it sound like Adam and Eve would earn God's favor. They would merit something in their behavior. And then the covenant of grace, of course, has nothing to do with it, is the very opposite of that. Well, we've got to be careful about how that is expressed. But what is most important when it comes to the covenant of grace is that it's rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is to whom the covenant was made, that in him a seed would come to him, purchased by him in that work of redemption. And so man is incapable of this act. He then therefore, God was then therefore pleased to make a second commonly called the covenant of grace. And so Galatians 3.21 is the law then against the promises of God, God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. And we know that that is impossible now. We are sinners. We cannot satisfy God's justice. We cannot satisfy his righteous demands. We have been plunged into misery. We sin daily in thought, word, and deed. Romans 3, 20 and 21, Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall, be no flesh, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Romans chapter 8 and verse 3, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemns sin in the flesh. And then, of course, that reference I've made, Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So God makes this covenant. He promises through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, sinners can be made right with God. And so that's what the rest of the paragraph tells us, wherein he freely offereth unto sinners life and salvation by Jesus Christ. Now, what is required? Faith. That of not of yourself, it is indeed the gift of God. In other words, the instrument of our justification, we're going to see this in chapter 11 more fully, but the instrument of our justification is indeed faith and faith alone, that they may be saved. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's a statement of fact here given to us. Uh, the first 15 verses of the chapter in John 3 tells us, tell us how that comes to pass. It is a work of the Holy Spirit that gives faith to the dead sinner who is incapable of life on his own. And so the Spirit grants faith, and then because of that, the sinner believes. And in that, he promises to give unto all those that are ordained unto eternal life his Holy Spirit, who makes them willing and able to believe. Romans chapter 10, um, verse 6 six and 9, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh, speaketh on this wise, say, say not in thy heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
Ezekiel 36 and 26 and 27. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And so this, in, in a nutshell, is the covenant of grace. It is that covenant that is made with the Lord Jesus Christ, and in him then, therefore, his seed that comes from him, all those that he has determined to rescue, as the confession puts it, all those that are ordained unto eternal life. And so what is necessary? Simple faith in Christ. Now I realize that for some people that is just too hard for them to comprehend. It's so simple, in fact, that it's difficult. But it is the simple means by which we are made right with a holy God. We cannot earn it. That has been forfeited. We, we cannot keep the law. We, have, we are sinners by nature, as we've already noted. We have this, what we know as original sin, but we also commit sin. We violate God's commandments in thought, word, and deed on a daily basis. So what, what can we do? Nothing. It is up to the Holy Spirit, that is to say, the birth that comes from above, that rescues dead sinners and gives to them the gift of faith, that they might then therefore believe in he of whom the covenant was made, the covenant of grace, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, friend, I don't know where you are spiritually today. I've obviously no, no, no clue. But I do, do know the God of heaven who does. And perhaps you've been living your life, you've been doing your own thing, you've been uh, trying in some capacity to, to earn God's favor. Uh, you've paid your taxes, you keep the speed limit, you, you're a faithful employee, you, you're, you're good to your husband or good to your wife, you, you raise your children well. There may be many things to commend about the way in which you live on a horizontal plane in this world. But my friend, that will not rescue you because you sin every day in thought, in word, and in deed. You do not keep God's righteous demands and holy law perfectly. It's impossible. You will fall short of it. And the scripture is very clear that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The only way out of this mess and misery that sin has plunged us all into is simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You you trust in him. Whoever believes shall indeed be saved. And so you do that. You look to him. For the Christian, uh, this should remind us, of course, of the great cost that was necessary to rescue you from your sin. And it's something that we must remind ourselves of on a daily basis, that the covenant of grace is that which we are a part of now. And we are there, thankfully, by the work of God's Spirit, but uh, owing nothing to ourselves, only to Him. And thus, therefore, as Christians, then we should live in a way that is uh, um, consistent with one who has been rescued from this great misery that we have been plunged into. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Friday edition, when we look at paragraph number four, may the Lord help you today. May you strive to do all that he has commanded. God bless.